0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. Tonight I'm here with Denise and Maxime, and Paul and Joel are not here because they're doing other things in the ministry this week. And I'm so glad they're busy and doing such a good job. Maxime, welcome to Home Group. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Wow, we're having a good time talking about What to do when you are being bombarded, Denise?
1: Well, I think that's happening to a
0: lot of people right now. Right now, a lot of people feel they're being bombarded politically, fake news, financially, COVID. There's so many things coming against people right now. But greater is he that's in you than he he that's that's in in the the world. world. Amen. But hey, I've been telling you this week that I just got my own copy of Unlikely, Look at the size of it. It is four and a half pounds, Denise. Four and a half pounds. I was quite stunned when I got the real deal in my hand and saw how big it is. But, Denise, this is not just a story. It is just packed with teaching from the New Testament about God choosing unlikely people. And it's got photographs in here that will stun you. I mean, stun you. Photographs of the Russian Revolution, something that you may not understand. There's a lot of nonsense going on in the West right now. All of that nonsense that you're experiencing, it happened here in 1917. We've already been there and done that. This part of the world doesn't want to do it again. And there's even an amazing photograph in here that was taken in 1991. The last flag of the Soviet Union had been taken down from the Kremlin from the big, big flag tower, but there was one still hanging. And Denise and I were there the day they removed it, and I photographed the very moment they removed the last Soviet flag from the Kremlin, and it's in this book. Is that amazing? That's amazing. We have been in amazing moments of history, Denise. I remember when they tore down the statue of Felix Dzerzhinsky. I was there. I even have a piece of that statue in our studio.
1: Well, honey, you've got a lot of interesting things, a lot of historical things. I'm
0: telling you, one person wrote to me on social media and said, I can hardly (laughs) wait to read this book because you've told so many little pieces, little snippets of what you've been through, bombs, terrorism. We've been through everything you can imagine, and we're still here, and we're
1: doing good, and we're going to keep doing good. Maxime, welcome. Thank you. thank, Thank you. Yeah, you're amazing. When I was reading chapters from this book, uh, before the book was bought, published, Pastor Rick asked me to read uh, some chapter, several chapters. I was shocked. I was like, he knows the history of my country better than I know it.
0: Well, I don't know about that. You're amazing. We've definitely we've lived. You know a lot. Let's just say our life has been a little different than people who grew up in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and Miami, Oklahoma. Just a little different. But this week in the regular TV program, we're teaching a brand new series called What to Do When You're Being Bombarded. And in the stand-ups at the beginning of every program, I'm in St. Petersburg, at the monument dedicated to the siege of St. Petersburg. The siege was when the Nazis surrounded St. Petersburg for a little more than 900 days, trying to starve them out and break them. And the people just would not surrender. They would not. They were so heroic. And Maxim and I were talking about how much food was allotted to the people during those 900 days. Every person was permitted to have a piece of bread about this big, right?
1: That, that big, yeah. 125 grams. It's nothing.
0: And It's, it's one b- bite. And it wasn't even bread. Yeah. It was mixed with sawdust because they didn't have enough flour really to make. They didn't have enough wheat to make bread. So they mixed it with sawdust. People ate their belts. They ate their shoes. They ate wallpaper. They ate wallpaper paste. They ate materials. Anything they could cook, they, they ate because there, there was no food coming in. But the people simply had such a spirit of commitment, they refused to surrender, and they last longer than the bombardment. And Scripture commands us to hold fast. Hang on. Stay in there. Don't give up. If you're under attack, do not surrender. God's power will sustain you, and when it's all done... You will be the winner. That's what the series is about. This week, this series will just really encourage you, and it comes with a study guide. And this week, we're also offering you my book, which is called "Dressed to Kill: A Biblical Approach to Spiritual Warfare and Armor." But you know, the siege of Saint Petersburg was so horrific that if you go there today and speak to anybody my age, our age. Everybody has a story to tell, don't they, Maxine? Yes, absolutely. Everybody yeah. had a relative who lived through the siege. And while, You know, it just takes a heroic spirit to say, I'm not surrendering. And if the enemy is attacking you, that has to be your decision. And we learn from Scripture that usually these bombardments come when you're on the attack on the edge of a victory. And we're going to see that today in... The Gospel of Mark. Are you ready? Go to Mark Mm -hmm. chapter 4. And in Mark chapter 4, we see an illustration. And in Mark chapter 4, the Bible tells us that Jesus and his disciples got into a boat. And they were going to head to the other side. Well, the other side was the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And on the other side of the Sea of Galilee was the country of the Gadarenes. Gadarenes. 4 or 5? I'm sorry. Chapter 4. And, Maxime, you and I have been to the country of the Gadarenes. We filmed a whole bunch of programs right there where this demoniac lived. There were actually two of them. Matthew describes two. Mark just talks about the one of the two. But this man was so demonized that he had terrorized the whole region. And when you read Matthew 8, verse 28, it says people were even afraid to go through that area because they were so terrorized by these two demoniacs. When Jesus got in his boat to go to the other side, He was about to work one of the greatest miracles he ever worked when he set those men free. And not only did he set those men free, he set the whole region free. The terror that had stricken the whole region, it left when these men got set free. But something happened on the way to the breakthrough. So let's look at it. Mark chapter 4, and the Bible says in verse 36, And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him as he was, in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Verse 37, look at this. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The words there arose are a translation of the Greek word genomai. The word genomai in this case describes something that takes you off guard, something that takes you by surprise, something that is not anticipated. Well, guys, think about it. Jesus' disciples by by profession were fishermen. They lived on that body of water. That's where they lived. That's where they worked. And if there was a natural storm brewing that night, they probably never would have never gone out onto the sea. But the word genomai, translated there arose, means everything was fine that night when the trip began. And then genomai, suddenly Out of nowhere. Where did it come from? This was the last thing we could have ever anticipated. We don't know where it came from. We would have never expected it. Out of nowhere there arose a great storm of wind. And the word great, the word megalates, where you get the word mega, like mega work, mega tired, mega bills. This was a mega storm. And the Bible calls it a storm of wind. Describes turbulence. Well, you can't see wind. You can't see wind. You can see rain. This was not a rainstorm. This was a storm of wind. They could feel the effects, but they couldn't see it. There was something working in the atmosphere. And very often, this is what happens when you're headed to a breakthrough. Something suddenly shows up in the atmosphere. Spiritual turbulence comes along. You thought everything was going fine and then bam, something happened that messed up your finances. Or you thought everything was going fine in your marriage and then something happened that you would have never anticipated in a million years. Or your kids do something that you just can't imagine they would do such a thing. Or something happens in your relationship or with your job. Everything was going swell. You were just on the way to something great when bam, get on my... Where did this come from? Well, it's wind. It's wind or it's turbulence, which has come to try to stop you from getting to
1: your destination. Denise? Well, I'm just listening intently. Yeah, Maxine? <gasps> uh... Yeah, when, when we are confronted with difficulties, you know, I'm thinking I, we were in the car the other day and I told you something. I, I think you liked it. Uh, we were talking about the gates of hell. Yeah. When Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, you know, I, shall build, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yeah. So the church is at, is at its best when it's right at the at, gates of hell. At the gates of hell. That's when the church is at its best. That's where the church flourishes, at the gates of hell. Well, that's where the power of God shows up. Right.
0: But this verse says, the waves beat into the ship. The word waves is the word kumata. The word kumata describes one wave after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. And what the devil wants you to do is he wants to sidetrack you and distract you and get you to focus on waves symptoms, rather than deal with the spiritual source behind the attack. You know, you can fight waves, but there's a problem with that. Even if you defeat one wave, there's another wave. And if you defeat that wave, there's another wave, and 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 And you can fight waves until you are drained and you have no more energy to fight waves. But there was something working behind the waves something working behind the scenes. And these disciples, they've got their eyes on the symptoms, they've got their eyes on the waves, they're bailing water, they're binding waves, they're fighting the waves, fighting, 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 fighting. And finally, Jesus does the most amazing thing in verse 39, He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Well, what were the disciples fighting? Waves. When Jesus finally stands up, he ignores the waves. He ignores the symptoms. And he speaks to the wind. And I always say that I can just imagine Peter, because Peter was always saying something he shouldn't say. What in the world is he doing? These waves are killing us, and he's talking to the air. He's talking to the wind. Well, Jesus understood The waves were symptomatic of the wind. They did not have a wave problem. They had a wind problem. And so Jesus looked beyond the symptoms to deal with the source of the problem. Denise and I really learned this whole teaching many years ago when we financially came under attack. We were being bombarded. We were about to print one of my earliest books. So excited. Right on the edge of a great breakthrough. And suddenly, we begin to have financial struggles in our ministry, and we couldn't figure it out. I pulled out the calculator. I began wrestling with that calculator like the disciples fighting the waves. I was fighting my bills, fighting our lack, fighting the calculator, trying to make it somehow show that we were going to be okay. It just was not okay. Every day got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And one day, the Lord spoke to me on the basis of this scripture And said, Rick, you do not have a wave problem. You do not have a wave problem. You don't have a money problem. And I got sarcastic with the Lord. Because it sure looked to me like we had a money problem. I said, then what kind of problem do I have? And the Lord said, when? And that's when I came to this text. And I understood that if I keep fighting with the calculator, I'm not going to fix anything. It's something working behind the scenes. We've got to go for the source. And Denise and I got in prayer together of agreement. And we began to take authority over the spirit realm, over the turbulence, the wind that was coming against us. And then when we were finished, we did what Jesus did. We spoke to our finances. And we said, peace, be still. And this phrase, be still, is so hard to translate from Greek. It really means shh. So here Jesus has a conversation with the wind. He rebukes it. And once he's dealing done dealing with that, he just turns to the waves, which look like such monsters, and just says shh. And it was resolved the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And when Denise and I dealt with the invisible realm, rebuked it, told it to take its hands off of our money, we just spoke to the situation, we didn't yell at it, we didn't bind it, we just spoke to it. And within a short period of time, it was all just calm as could be. But very often when you're on the way to a breakthrough, you really do come under attack. It triggers a response from the spirit realm that comes to try to swamp you, tries to capsize you in the middle of the lake before you get to your breakthrough. The devil was trying to stop Jesus from getting to the other side to set those men free. It wasn't even about Jesus, it was about those men. That territory was held by a spirit of fear and the devil didn't want to lose that and so he attacked Jesus en route. And that's often when attacks take place, Denise.
1: Well, you know, we have to remember what Jesus promised, because he promised them. He said, we're going to the other side. He did. And Jesus was not just like filling the air with his words. He meant what he said, that we're going to the other side. And those
0: words came out of Jesus' mouth. Jesus didn't just speak empty words. He spoke words
1: of truth. He spoke words that he meant. And so when that storm happened, he's, he wasn't, like, taken by the storm. He's over on the other side because he believes his own words. And that's so important, Rick. It is. When you're bombarded, we need to believe what it is that God has said to us.
0: That is absolutely right. Maxine? I'm just enjoying it. Oh, well, that's good. Well, honey, I just want to say our home group tonight, you're going to the other side.
1: Absolutely.
0: And if you are being bombarded, you need to throw up your hands and say, Hallelujah, we are doing something right. The enemy is threatened. Our progress has triggered an assault, but don't get sidetracked by fighting waves. Do what you can do. Do everything natural you can do, of course, but don't just do natural things. You've got to deal with the invisible realm like Jesus did. In fact, it's amazing at the very end of chapter 4, it says that Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I say it was the equivalent of Jesus looking at them and saying, Hey guys, why did you disturb me? Where is your faith? You could have done what I just did. You didn't need me to do this. Where is your faith? How is it you're so fearful? Why didn't you just use your faith? You know what to do. And likewise, friends, you've had so much Bible teaching about prayer and faith and authority. Use it. It's time for you to use it. And you'll get the same results. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for the amazing Word of God. And we thank you that when we are being bombarded, it is a signal that we're headed in the right direction. Help us to stay on track and take authority over the wind and the waves. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.